backboard and blame it on Doc. He's he's a funny guy. <laughs> hey yo, we got the full squad here today. No load management. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Hey yo, can we get that? Can we get that out right now? Like, are, are we good? Everybody good on the same page? We not gonna hear nothing. A year from now, some reports like, yo, the bench mob had issues behind closed doors. People's getting preferential treatment. <laughs> hey, treatment. Good over there. <laughs> nah, right. Like, I want to find. I want to find out from now. Like Greg had a, a personal um, masseuse and whatnot, and was uh, <laughs> like, everything good? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Not right now. Yeah, that that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Yo, listen to uh that song uh Wayne put out BB King reverse. Oh, uh, with uh Drake, yeah, yeah. His verse right there just made me think about that. His verse right there, he was talking about um I fell asleep driving because my seats had the massages inside the uh driver's seat. Yo, that's money. different. You got money. That is different. <laughs> that is. He's like he's a different level. That's that I'm... big, big, big bag. Well, who said that? Drake? Drake said that, or Wayne said that? Nah, Wayne. Wayne said that. That sounds like a Wayne line. That just sounds like something he would say. He trying to make us forget that he was on Trump's side before. Uh huh. Yeah. Let's forget. Let me do this song with Drake real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, what should we call it? Um, it's been a lot. We got a lot of stuff to get into for this episode, but you know, you already know we are back. Uh, it seems like we all in good spirits over here. It's going to be a good show. Uh, we've talked in the group chat uh, about some of the topics coming up. Yeah. We are back. You know, it's another installment of the Benchmark Podcast, episode 39. Overall, this is our 53rd episode. Um, coming up in a month, it'll be a year anniversary of the Benchmark being around. So, we we doing some things we consistent out here you feel me um before we even get into all these different topics westbrook Kawhi, um what the heck the ravens did yesterday all of that before we even get into any of that gotta start off with um opening up with this you know we gotta give our flowers to lavar uh lavar ball we just seen it came out reports jello is being signed on a non-guaranteed uh 10 exhibit contract to the pistons which basically essentially is he gets that one year, um, invites training camp. If training camp don't go out well, he ends up basically being a part of the G League team. Regardless of the fact, LeVar predicted this, said it um, for years and years that he was getting all three sons in the league. He's not the only father to do that, though. Mr. Holiday has all the holidays in there. Justin, Aaron, and Drew, who got traded. But if anything, if at anything, of course, you know, LeVar receives a lot of hate for his approach his braggadociousness and all that, but anything at most, it's a lesson in betting on yourself, ownership, faith, and parenting. To be able to still have that faith and still believe in your kids and project that, I think it's huge, especially when a lot of people, out of all the brothers, everybody said Jello was the last one that was going to get into the league, and he was never get that chance. So shout out to LeVar, shout out to the Ball family, shout out to Jello, LaMelo, Lonzo, shout out to all of them. Get straight into it. Hold on, I gotta ask y'all. Pass, cause you know he be throwing shots at Michael Jordan, like he could beat him one on one. We just gonna give him his flowers, like he's not 
you know, a little crazy. He could, he could, he could come off a little, a little braggadocious here and there. I'm giving him his flowers. Okay, I, right. of course, That's of course. Goal. I think this is a part of the master plan. Like we just mentioned, like I mentioned, Holiday. There's three brothers in the league, but we don't really hear nothing about the father. Yeah. Um, I think part of Jello getting that chance to get into the league was a part of his father building this following and building. I mean, he signed to isn't Jello signed to uh, Rock Nation Sports? Like part of this, the whole braggadocio, and I could beat. I could beat Mike. Your son gets drafted by Mike, and all that talk kind of goes out the window. He's like, uh, if I play Mike, we're going to have to pay for 42 mil. Like, I think it was all just chatting, just to build up a following. Do we all agree with the approach? Heck no. Marketing genius. Marketing, Marketing. genius. Oh, yeah. Marketing sure. genius. Yo. He got Jello in the league by talking it up. Like he literally got Joe in the league by just being that braggado, like literally being bo- boisterous out there, just saying things that are off the cuff. He got Joe in the league, man. Joe, Joe can play. I mean, he's okay. He's okay. You know, he's okay. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a good. He's, he's okay. Yeah, right. Like he's out of the other two guys. The other two guys are really talented, and I think Joe's got some talent too. Like there's a there might be a niche for him in the league. Hopefully, he can find it. But the man, the moral of the story is that he bet on himself and doubled down. Like cheese, like Philly cheese, be saying. Bet on himself and doubled down. That's all he did. Like that. That's he's a genius. And it, and it was there was like there was a method to all the madness for him. So I I, I love it. I, I love it. Yeah, I, I knew they all get in the league. Hopefully Jell sticks. I think Mel's the best of them all. I think Mel's gonna be one of the faces in the league for a long time. But we can talk about that another day. You know, I don't know everybody else feeling this chat about yeah. that. But I, I like uh, yeah, I just wanted to real quick give him his flowers. Um, like you said, we could talk about another day his approach and all of that, but get a man his flowers. He actually did it. Um, I believe in Jello. I think Jello's going to stay in the league. Um, he's a shooter. He has nice That's size. One. That's the one son that he taught to shoot, like with perfect form. <laughs> Everybody else, he, he said, yo, go go figure it out yourself. For real. So our followers on IG, we all know the blockbuster trade that went down. Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Uh, it produced a lot of different viewpoints, and does, how does it affect the Nets? And how does it affect the Knicks? And does this affect the West? And does this affect the East? All these different conversations. Um, shout out to the people that voted on our poll. Fifty-five percent of our followers believe Houston won this trade. Fellas, who won this trade according to y'all and y'all viewpoint? I think Houston won it. I think Houston won the trade. Uh, when you look at the team they have all together and what they've done, they pre- prepared themselves for doomsday. The inevitable doomsday has coming when they got to trade James Harden. When they got to part with him, they got this young core. They got Christian Wood, up and coming star. I don't know how many people really know about him, but he can really hoop. Um, and he really came on late last season before getting COVID. And even after COVID, he balled out a little bit too. Um, and then you get the first round pick that comes with John Wall. Now, John Wall's contract is horrible and, you know, he, he had that horrible injury. Um, but, you know, if he can get back to some semblance of what he was before, which I think he can, he, lo- he looks good in these runs and on um, these pickup runs they've been playing and he looks healthy. Um, they're going to be a good team after Harden's gone. There'll be something they, they can, there's something that the fans can actually support there. Even after you get rid of your most marketable player you've had in the last 20, 15 years, right. Since Olajuwon. So, or McGrady, um so you know we'll see but I like it a lot I think the Westbrook 
playing with Brad Beal and Denny Advia, the new um, the first round pick they got over in Washington, should be interesting because they're shooters. But I just don't know how it works because I know I, I, Westbrook is a guy who's gonna he's gonna pound he's gonna pound the air out the ball and he's gonna be on top of the keys and he's gonna dominate the basketball. But um, Brad Beal's a shooter. He, he can definitely play off of Russ. It could work theoretically. We're going to see how that goes. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think Russ is there to stay. I think he'll play at least a year there. Hopefully he can kind of do a pull of Chris Paul and kind of really rebuild his value. Like Chris Paul goes, okay, see, everyone's talking it's the worst contract in the league. It's getting $40 million a year. He's 36, however old he is, right? And obviously that's an exaggeration. But um, he goes there and he turns it around, gets him to the playoffs. If he can do that, He'll get flipped to a team that's a contender and be in a, a better situation for him. So um, I, I think it's, it's, it's a win-win, but it's more of a win for Houston. Uh, no, neither one of these teams are contenders, and that's why people feel like they just really cancel each other out. But I like the move a lot for Houston because of the pick and because of the assets they're getting. Hey, Miles, let me ask you this. You're a Knicks fan. Um, I was listening to the radio today. I was listening to 98.7 and okay. all the callers that were calling into the radio shows. And a lot of them actually were upset because they were hoping to get CP3 or Russell Westbrook uh, this offseason. As a Knicks fan, are you of the same belief or are you kind of cool with how this went out? And are you worried? Being cool. that, hey, Westbrook is in the East now. Worried. I mean, I'm just confused for the Wizards from the Wizards perspective because I think that they're confused whether they're rebuilding or – going after it right now because they just traded a first-round pick and John Wall to get Westbrook, which doesn't necessarily make them better. I'm not I'm not skipping what you're asking me about the Knicks. I'm just like, it doesn't it doesn't help us any at all. I'll, I'll tell you that. Like, it, I'm glad we don't have Westbrook or John Wall because we're a team that's rebuilding. We're not necessarily going to win a championship this year, five years from now, but I mean, progress can be made this year, but it wouldn't be made if we make a, a splashy trade like that. That's what usually happens, like that mellow trade that made no sense like 10 years ago. That kind of decapitated the team because we, we traded like five of our young guys for Mello, who was about to be a free agent. So there's that. But with this trade, I think, I think the Rockets win, honestly, because they get the pick, they get John Wall, who's not, that far down from Westbrook. He looks good in the runs that I've seen. And I think he's just a better fit. He's not going to, you know, like, like Greg said, he's not going to dribble the, the air out of the ball. He's going to pass it. And they got Boogie Cousins too, another underrated piece because you get him on the cheap. He's one of those guys who's, he was an all-star a couple years ago and people kind of forget because he's had injuries the last couple years, but, I think that he's been working and with this trade, it kind of resets Houston. Like they're going to run a different offense. They bring in a new coach. Hopefully he's able to try to establish some rapport with this, this group. Cause I mean, Harden, John Wall, Boogie, if you said that like three years ago, you'd think, all right, now we got something. So I think with the Rockets, this is a good move. I just hope that Harden still doesn't want to get traded somewhere else like he did a couple of weeks ago. The bearded one, Ja, the, the original bearded one. Do you think this trade gets 
Harton to actually stay? Does Harton stay in Houston with this trade? It's reported that he wanted John Wall over Westbrook. Do you think is the trade? This is going to get actually James Harden to stay a Houston Rocket. We have somebody on this episode with us who does not think that is actually happening, but I want to hear from your viewpoint. Do you think this was enough to get James Harden to stay? Uh, no, uh, I, I don't, but that's only because, well, that's only because like, you know, he, he, so he's, I think he's made up his mind um, already. And John Wall, well, first of all, I think Washington won the trade just because, you know, I think between all right, so John, between John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, we haven't seen them play basketball in four years combined. So, you know, so you don't really know what you're getting at all. You know, they, they got this, it's the same contract. You know, I think, you know, with Westbrook, at least you know what you're getting. You know, he's, he's, he is two years older than John Wall. So I, I can see, you know, but the problem with John Wall, that injury is terrible. That Achilles injury, it, the difference between him and Durant is that he he relies on his explosive explosiveness. He's not a shooter. Uh, he's he's an okay passer, um, but his whole game is speed and explosiveness. And if he don't have that, he's pretty much, you know, just not a factor. So I think that he might have wanted John Wall over Westbrook just because he plays a little bit different than Westbrook. He doesn't pound the ball as much as Westbrook does, um, but he's not going to be happy there either. He just, he kind of was painted in a corner. He they didn't really have much options because of that contract. So between the two, he, he kind of just had no choice. Um, so I think that, I think Washington, like, you know, it's easier for them to get into the playoffs, um, especially with this move, you know, the West is just tough uh, in, in general. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's going to be enough to keep Bradley Beal there. I think, I think the experiment is, is not going to go well either way, but, Washington is just going to have a better chance just because they have a little bit – I like their team a little bit better. They got some shooters on the team, and obviously they got Bradley Beal. And they can sneak into the A spot, and they get smoked in the first round. But at least they can make the playoffs, you know. So, you know, like I said, it's kind of one of those things where, like, I think I saw on Twitter, you know, um, Washington said something about good luck, and then it was like, you too, to the Rockets, you know. Because it's just like it, – it's kind of like a wash, essentially. Um, I'll be, I'm excited. I want to see John Wall do good, you know. Like, we haven't – I almost forgot how he can play, you know? And like I said, I mean, if it was six, seven years ago, John Wall and the, the cousins like in Kentucky or like eight, nine years ago, that's a little different. That would have been scary. But I think, I think, uh, I think the ship sailed on both of them. So we'll see. I think in the long run, I think Houston actually wins on this tree in the long run. Immediately, I think Washington wins because they'll be back in the playoffs um, because the East is just that terrible and that trash. But, I think in both situations, both stars probably eventually end up leaving. Um, in Washington, I don't even think even the more it makes sense because Bill has progressed so much so. You don't add that piece with Bill. Bill played so well the last two seasons with the ball in his hands. You're essentially taking the ball out of his hands because what was one of the things that Russ said in his departure from Houston? I want to play my way. So if he wants to play his way, True, but John himself. John Walls is a ball hog too. So I don't, you know, I think the only way he would have got his own team is if they shipped John Wall without bringing anybody. But he was going to have that kind of same decrease in his offense because either way, that's what I'm saying. I I I think either way, it's not a a good trade. You feel me? Like I feel 
Bill's game is being taken away. And once Wall gets to Houston, don't think by any chance you're going to have a ball in your hand. That's Hartman's team. So what does he do? He's not a spot-up shooter. He doesn't play off the ball. You know, they said that it's the first time in history that it's back to um, an MVP gets uh, traded in back-to-back seasons, which is telling. crazy. It's telling, isn't it? I mean, it is. It is, but it's not at the same time. I mean, it's not really like, you know, think about it. I mean, Houston called OKC to get that. They offered five first-round picks for – so they wanted him. So it's not like, you know, he. it's not like Westbrook, he couldn't veto that trade. You know, he has to – that wasn't going to work in the beginning either. When, when you know when, when he was in Oklahoma City, he was doing his thing. So I, I, I think it is telling, but it's not really his fault that he's not been placed in, in, in on good teams um, that fits him. You know, so you know, he, listen, he's he's interesting. To, but but to be fair, James Harden is not easy to play with either. But you know, and he's been he's about to be traded. So I you can't put all the blame on Westbrook. If you if y'all want to put a I bow on this. Go ahead. Give me. I want, I want your hot take, bro. <laughs> My hot take, Harton, just like you mentioned, uh, Giannis is the reason to blame. Harton is the person to blame. Harton wanted to get rid of CP3. Harton wanted yep. to get rid of Russ. And in about two years, Harton going to want to get rid of John Wall, too. And he want to get rid of Dwight Howard, too. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. he's slick. He said in two years. You see, you see how he's slick? <laughs> in two years. Well, he said, he's staying in Houston. <laughs> it's not happening, bro. <laughs> He's just like, you threw that in, you guys slipped that in there. Yo, I, I'll say this, um, to put a bow on it, I think that for um, Harden and um, in the case of Beal, it's it's a temporary thing. It's a temporary move. They won't beat it that long. I think Beal will want out after, at, at least at the end of the year. I know Shepard, GM of the Wizards, is talking about he won't trade Beal away, and he's supposed to say that. That's cute. But give it some time. Give it to the All-Star break. Bill won out. I I just don't see how it works. Like it just doesn't work. And and for the, all the reasons you're saying, Bill's gone out there and he's going. He's at. He's getting thirty off the bounce. He's a, he's become such a great player and he's actually underrated. Like the people, not enough people understand how good he is because he's playing in obscurity in Washington. But like he's so good. Um, I think he's gonna want out and want to get to a contender. I think teams like Brooklyn, Golden State. Um, Miami, Miami. they're mm-hmm. waiting. They're, they're they're licking their chops, waiting for these guys to ask for these trades because they know they're gonna be on that short list of teams that these guys want to go to Harden and Beal, and they'll be ready to trade assets. And we 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 can talk about potential trades and all that, but I think both those guys are gonna be out of there, and uh, I'm excited for it, man. This is what the NBA is all about. It's about stars controlling their destiny. Transitioning, talking about some positioning and stars controlling their destiny. It seems like Kawhi and PG definitely controlled a lot this past season. Um, we kind of knew Kawhi was going to get the load management, but I don't know unless you guys are, you know, have the inside scoops with the NBA that I don't know about. A lot of these reports coming out, it seems like Kawhi and PG had a lot of control outside of load management. I'm going to run down what the reports are saying that they had a hand in. They were the only players to have their own personal security guards and trainers. They had power over the team's practice, travel schedule, and they believe Kawhi Leonard had the power to cancel multiple practices. Kawhi lived in San Diego, which caused the team to be late for their flights. Both, they did not speak to the media until 45 minutes after the game, which then led their teammates to have to answer the questions. They believed that Leonard and George were able to pick and choose when they played entire games 
and was able to accept or decline playing times. What's your takeaways on what's going on with this Clippers saga, Kawhi and PG getting to do whatever they want? This is literally what Greg is saying. They control not only their destiny, they control the organization, obviously. And maybe this is what really caused the rift and caused them to lose last season. What's your takes on this? Sure, it didn't help, you know, having to be late for a flight because you you over here waiting for Kawhi to come from San Diego. Huh? That makes no sense. You you want to play in Los Angeles, but you live in somewhere else. But that's just the power that they had last year. I mean, Doc didn't. I don't feel. I feel like he didn't really hold them accountable. He he let them kind of run things to an extent and. That might have been his demise because, yeah, it rubbed some of those guys the wrong way. Like, I'm sure Montrez wasn't feeling it. I'm sure Marcus wasn't feeling it either. But at the same time, you can't turn down the bread that they gave him. So with that being said, it's like, where do you go from here? Like, now the team's still kind of the same. I don't know if they're going to trade Lou Will or not, but the team's still pretty much intact. So how do you earn these guys' respect? Like, I wouldn't have any respect for Paul George after last season because he didn't even show up in the playoffs. And that's where we're paying you all this money for. We traded, like, six first-round picks for you to, what, shoot three for 18 in game seven? Pandemic P. Pandemic P. That's his I'm not calling him playoff P anymore until he he has a good series. I never called him that. <laughs> I think he did. He give him that. He gave himself that nickname, right? He gave himself the nickname. Mm-hmm. First of all, first of all, look. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I think honestly, I think the only player in the NBA that should be allowed to have any all those perks would be LeBron James. Um, and he doesn't even do that. I mean, he probably has like most of that. I don't think, you know, I don't think he lives in a different state, uh, basically. But you know, I'm trying to figure out who Paul George thinks he is to be. Um on that level where he has all those things. Um, Cause I'm not sure what he's done. I could be confused, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't done anything to deserve any of that. So like, I think Kawhi, at least he won a couple of championships. Um, so you can respect that a little bit, but then still, you, it's still wrong. Cause you just gotta be a little bit better of a team player. Um, but you know, Paul George, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there might be some secret stuff that he did that we don't know about because you know, if you if you come into the team and you know all these players like Harold, Lou Will, you know Pat Bev, they're, they're looking at him like, you know, who do you think you are? Like, you know, you haven't done nothing. You, you they he they basically have done the same amount he has. I mean, yeah, he's got a couple of playoff appearances and stuff like that, but and he just makes countless excuses. It's kind of just annoying. Like he was talking about how Doc Rivers um, was blaming. Um, oh, he was. He blamed Doc Rivers for how he used him, like a JJ Redick, Ray Allen kind of thing. And and I just don't ever remember him running that kind of offense with him. Like, like, like they were t- they were showing the stats. Like they they didn't do that at all. So I think he he's just confused there too. You know, I, he's just. You know, somebody got to tell him that he wasn't even the Kawhi's first option. So or se- or set or fourth. Honestly, I mean, uh, he was just like the last resort kind of thing. And, you know, if he said no, Kawhi was going to the Lakers. So he doesn't even – I think he is just a very misled person. Um, and I think just to just to uh, 
recap all that. Basically, like, you know, between all the stuff, for everything that they, they get, all those perks, there's really, you know, there's no excuse for why everything happened the way it did. You know, the, the blow 3-1 lead, there's no chemistry all year. Like, they just think that yeah, the names on the paper was just going to win a championship, you know. And people got people thought that because they were the favorites, but you got to practice. I mean, I, I don't I thought that was common sense. Um, and you know, this whole low management, Kawhi is like what 27 or something like that. I mean, come on, LeBron doesn't even low management, he doesn't even, he doesn't even low manage, he's like 36, you know. It's just it's just too much. That's why I, when everybody was talking about Kawhi is the best player in the world, I, I didn't I ignore all that because he does he plays 20 games a year, of course, he's gonna be healthy in the playoffs. <laughs> hey so, Greg, what's your takeaways from like what Paul George said and blaming Doc Rivers for for what happened now? That game seven, as Miles mentioned, game seven. I'm gonna run the stats by you. Plus minus PG was minus twenty, ten points, four fouls, five turnovers, two for eleven from three point, and four for sixteen overall. But <sighs> Let's not let's not forget Kawhi's stats that game either. Plus minus, he was minus 21, 14 points, two for seven from three, and six for 22 from the field. Who do you actually put this on? Is it on Doc? Is it on Kawhi? Is it on PG? How are you viewing this? It, <laughs> yo, it's it's funny. He goes on all the smoke and he blames it all on Doc. Basically, he throws Doc under the bus. I don't like the way I'm being used. We didn't make any adjustments game to game when Denver made adjustments. And he goes out there throwing basketballs off the side of the backboard in a bubble environment where there's no fans. And he's blaming his coach for not making adjustments. He, like, it's, un, it's unbelievable. I actually think Kawhi looks better than him. Kawhi didn't play well, but Kawhi didn't come out in the media and say anything. Right. Like quiet. Kawhi's quiet. He's always quiet. He's not going to do it. He's not going to say anything. He's not going to do interviews, but it's, it's a bad look. It's in poor taste. You bash that coach on the way out, doc on the way out for no reason, really. Like there's no reason even to even say that. Right. Like he didn't play well. He's not owning up to it. And it's a, it's a bigger telltale sign for the future for the Clippers too. I will say this, like going back to the original, like part of this, like portion of the show um, talking about, you know, like what, what, what went wrong, right? The, I don't necessarily blame the Clippers from like an organizational standpoint for them caving to their demands. Think about the history of the Clippers, right? Do we have to really, Sean Livingston, your number one pick, tears his, up, his, up his knee, he's gone, right? Like every time you think, and then the years with CP3, JJ Redick, Lob City, right? You don't win anything, right? And you're so close. You get so close and don't win anything. Nothing's ever gone their way. I get why Steve Ballmer sold out. I can see why you have the Lakers right there. They're glamorous. You get LeBron, you get AD, win a ring, and then re-up this year. And so, like, I can see why they caved. I think every team does it with their stars, and we just don't know about it. Um, I think the Nets, to a large degree, have definitely done that with Kyrie and KD and, you know, like, with those guys and their stuff we don't know about there. Um, but there's there's limitations to that. And you got to be – you got to be able to realize how it affects the other guys on your team, the dogs like Trez, like Lou Williams, the guys who were there who built it from the bottom, their foundation. The year before, they were a playoff team. The year before, they were solid, 48 wins. And for those guys to come in and have their way and have more say than than the coaches do, right, it's, it's a lot. It's probably a lot for them to handle. That being said, I think every, every, team, every NBA team is guilty of it, and the Clippers shouldn't get bashed for it totally. Um, but from like a, going back to what you were saying, 
from that, that perspective, talking about Paul George talking to him on the show. Yeah, he's he's really gotta he's gotta shut up. Like he's he's gotta he's gotta just stop talking. Like just stop talking, get in the gym, work, like work, like work on your craft. He's a really talented player. I really feel bad that he's in the news for all the wrong reasons because we should really enjoy this guy. He's a, he's brilliant on the basketball court. He's a really good, he's a great player, right? But like something's not there mentally. Like he just gets in these big moments, he calls himself playoff P. And it's so ironic because in these big moments, he shrinks, right? Um so, yeah, he, he really should take a page out of Kawhi's book and not say anything. I think he'll be lucky if he's there the season after next. I think they're going to move him. Right, he's out of there. He's so, out of there. So, speaking on that, right, so, as you mentioned, so, Lou Will, Benchmob, Trez, they all make the playoffs the year before. Kawhi comes, and he refuses to come to them unless he's able to get a star. Now, as we know, as Josh just mentioned, Paul George was not the first, second, or third option. He was the girl that, you know, was at the last person that you could ask to come to the dance. That's who PG was in this situation. Mm. He was the last person you could call. That was the freshman girl coming to you. <laughs> the freckles and all that. <laughs> Races. <laughs> <laughs> not for real. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, he wasn't – He. Listen, Kawhi just didn't want to go to the dance alone. That's it. And he he just took anything he could. That's all it was. I mean, you know, and, you and it's funny, like, like this. Oh, go ahead. Wait, go. I don't know what happened, but no, keep going, keep going. Paul, Paul, Paul George, you know, he um he's not a scrub. You know, he he was dominant in Indiana, you know. I mean, until he went because LeBron is just, you know, it's something to it. Like, you know, somebody made a good point. He more like, he's more of like the third option on a team. You know, he can't be your number two. They're not winning it if he's not number two. And as far as him leaving after next year, you know, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna leave because he has a player option. So it's not like the Clippers, I mean the Clippers can trade him, obviously, but I think he gets out of there. He needs to find somewhere where he's the third option and wherever that is. But you know, it was funny. He could it would have been perfect for him in the Lakers. But he want you know, he wanted to not join the Lakers when he had that chance. I think he could be a solid too. I just think that it can't be with a, a another guy who's like got similar attributes as you. Yeah, like him and Kawhi just—it's not really a good fit because they're both kind of small forward, and you're trying to make it work. Like put PG at the two. I don't. I don't see it. I don't. I don't like the oh, fit. No, yeah. I never really liked the fit, and then you can really see it when, like he said, he felt like he wasn't used the right way. Well. It's because the go-to guy is Kawhi and Paul George. You're kind of playing that, yeah, JJ Redick role on this team, and that's not your best role. But you signed up for this. You gave the okay to go to LA. Like, yeah, they did. What you signed up for? Cool. So, yeah, yo, now, go ahead. Go ahead. Now looking back on this, right? So if we see it's another year that Kawhi does not get a ring. Are we looking at this whole situation differently in Kawhi's uh, viewpoint? You know, him coming to L.A., everybody, Kawhi's the GOAT, this, that, and third. We was having that conversation. People were talking about it. But as a team that made it to the playoffs the year before, I think their roster was pretty solid. Is that not a reflection of Kawhi that you didn't think you could carry this team to where they were going or get maybe a different star? Because PG, if we if – we, if we see the end of the season and it's no ring again, 
that's a bad look on Kawhi, and I think we're gonna have to have that discussion. Like, he was a better fit in Toronto. Like, we could all agree on that. Like, it was, it was way more smooth over there. Like, it, it wasn't. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like oh, it's win or bust over here. Like, yeah, they traded for Kawhi in that like last season of his deal, but the pieces on that team complemented him so much better than they do in LA. Like you got Pascal, who's unselfish, Lowry, unselfish, Fred, unselfish. But then you're on this team with like Paul George, who, I mean, if he's coming out to the media before the season starts, which two weeks from now is about to start, you, you got him bashing your ex-coach saying how it wasn't a good fit. And you still got to play with 90% of the team that was there last year. It's kind of like, you kind of regret your decision on coming to LA. Like it might've been better in Canada than it is <laughs> the city of angels. So two things, one thing that hit me that hit me. So him bashing doc is not that surprising. Now I put two and two together. Wasn't he dating? Wasn't uh, he dating her? <laughs> <laughs> was he dating her daughter and he cheated yeah. on her? That relationship was was skewed from the beginning. That was never going to work. I, I just thought about that as you were as you were talking, Miles. And then another thing that I wanted to say too about the Kawhi front because this kills me, right? It, and it's killed me since since he won that since they won the ring in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Why would we ever? Why was anyone ever talking about him being the best player in the world? The series he won against the Warriors, KD got hurt. The game KD got back after he pulled the, the calf and eventually tore the Achilles, he was frying them, mm-hmm. right, on the way to winning that game. I think he, he hadn't missed a shot. And, and it was – you could see the clear difference was that KD got hurt, and that's the reason why they, they lost the series. And also when Clay got hurt, because in the game game six, I think it was, or the, the prior game, um, Clay goes down, right, with the ACL. And in that game, they were on their way to winning that game too. So, like – I just don't understand how that came from where that came from, where that narrative came from, because Kawhi's never carried a team. It was ready made in, in San Antonio. He played in a great or with a great organization with the greatest coach of all time and the greatest coach in NBA history, right? And then you then you go to Toronto, ready made situation. They had their nucleus of guys, their young talent. They had Pascal, they had Fred, they had their homegrown talent, Kyle Lowry. They were ready to win. They just needed that one piece to push them over the top. And then he goes to the Clippers. Ready-made situation outside of the fact that they didn't have a point guard because they didn't, which is a fatal flaw. Regardless, that's an, they were still good enough to compete for a championship. So every team, every team's been ready-made, right? This isn't LeBron we're talking about where you were in Cleveland for eight years getting that 0-7 team to the finals, right? Like, it's not that. So I don't understand where that came from. Kawhi is a great player, but he's not better than KD. He's not better than AD, and he's not better than LeBron. In my people, people, people are bored. That's why, right. you know, why yeah. they go, they go out of their way to make sure they don't give LeBron his credit. Like, you know, like the fact that LeBron still got to ask, you know, after he won the championship, when he had to ask for his, his respect. I mean, it, he shouldn't have to ask for that. And, and it's just getting crazy. I mean, Kawhi, he's not a leader. He, he, he don't, he doesn't carry a team like you said. So it's like, what, what has he done? It, it literally, I couldn't, I blinked and they were talking about him like he, he took over the league. I'm like, what just happened? Right. You know, like, did we forget about the guy? Cause, oh, because LeBron pulled his groin, so everyone's going to act like he didn't just go to 10 straight finals. So, man, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous, honestly. I, I, I gotta start tuning people out. He, PSA to the Bench Mob fam, whoever's, all the listeners, get Kawhi at your top three. Please. Do it now. Do it Please. now. You're already late. Just do it now. 
Get him out your top three. Don't talk to me about top three for Kawhi. Don't do it. You can debate your grandma. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I really have to, you know, we're going to have to look at this in two years and see what comes of this. Um, As y'all just mentioned so eloquently, LeBron is still the GOAT. Um, I'm putting KD above Kawhi, AD. Um, That's easy. Kawhi did what he was supposed to do. He did what he's supposed to do. He won the game he's supposed to win. You even go back and look into that Philly series. They weren't supposed to win that Philly series. So this is the media. This is the people that we live in. We tried to have Kawhi as the GOAT, and that's far from it. Um, we mentioned in, of course, early in the show, we mentioned the whole trade with Westbrook and John Wall. We're going to be breaking down on each show till we finish it. We're going to breaking down these divisions leading up to the regular season, the preseason. We're going to choose our winners. So we're going to start off with the Southeast Division. The Bearded Ones team is over there, Miami. We got Miami, Magic, the Hornets, Wizards, and Atlanta. How do y'all see this division panning out? Me personally, I see three playoff teams in here with the Heat, Hornets, not the Hornets, Heat, Wizards, and Atlanta. Mm, Well, you know I got to go Miami's winning that division. That's just – I mean, they're the best team in that division. So, I mean, I I don't think that's really a discussion. Um, You know – I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Hornets uh, over the Wizards just because I think, you know, just with the pieces they have, you know, um, Devontae Graham, Rozier, Mello, Gordon Hayward, he's gonna, you know, what, you know, and I just think he, he's gonna he's gonna do better there because they don't have too they don't have eight small forwards like they did in Boston where he his role was just weird, or he didn't have he didn't have much of a role, and I definitely, without a doubt, think Atlanta's making the playoffs. I mean that team. Overnight, just got crazy good, you know. With Rondo teaching uh, Trey Young the, the ropes, um, and they got Bogdan, Gallinari, you know, Collins, Capella. I mean, am I missing something like that? That can easily be a top. They can they can sneak mess around and get uh, like you know a six seed or something. You know, like that's if Trey Young takes that next step, I would watch out. Um, but I mean, that, that's obviously they're not really going far. But they, I think they definitely um, those three. Um, with Miami being the number one option. Actually, I got the Hornets hat right now, but that's just because I got a lot of people. <laughs> I, I know. Hold on. Hold on. Just wait, wait. Not being truthful with us, right? Oh, I was waiting for someone to point it out, but I like beanies. I like so different, you know, co- different colors and stuff like that. So this just happened to shout out to the Hornets right now, but, you know, Miami all day. <laughs> How do you see this division panning out, Miles? I mean, I definitely think the Heat are the best team, clearly, in this division. I think they're going to be a top three seed next year. Um, They still got the whole team, basically, besides, like, they lost Jay Crowder, which, I mean. that They got Bradley. They got Bradley, though. So that's a good feeling. He plays defense. So I like them to win this division. I'm going to say the Hawks are going to finish second in this one. I think that they made a lot of moves this offseason. They had the most money to spend. And like most people with money, they're going to spend it. So they they went out, bought some players like Bogdan, uh, Gallinari. They got the fifth pick with – What's his name? Onyeka. I can't can't pronounce it. I can't think of it either. He went to to Auburn. That's all I know. Uh, He – 
that's a good pickup too. Like they still got Clint Capella who didn't really play for them last year. So the, this team defensively is going to be a lot better, I think. And that's not going to be Trey Young winning any defensive player of the years, but he doesn't need to right now. They brought in enough defense for this team to, you know, hide him on the floor. And like you said, if he takes that next step, then we could be talking about this, this Hawks team as one of the sleepers next year in this league because they got the shooting. Now it's just about putting the pieces together. And then uh, I don't like the Wizards this year. Not really. I think that that trade doesn't really do too much for them. I, I don't know about the fit with Bradley and Russ. It's kind of – it's going to be a hit or miss. I think that he'll be gone after next year. West, well, both of them might be gone after next year, honestly, because it's like this is a rebuilding team, it feels like, but when you look at it, they're they're trying to contend. It doesn't make too much sense. But and then those other teams, they're not that good to me. I don't I don't I don't like the the Hornets that much. I think throwing money at Gordon Hayward wasn't one of, you know, Jordan's smartest decisions. And as an owner, he doesn't really make that many smart decisions. So yeah, this is how I think the, the division pans out. <laughs> hey, real quick for everybody that's listening. When Josh said mellow, he's talking about La Mello, because I see a lot of y'all young jokers talking crazy that y'all think mellow, when you hear that name, you think of LaMelo Ball. No. Carmelo Anthony Mello. That's mellow. Go ahead, Greg. I just had to put that out there. <laughs> Yo, so <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no, that's a real thing out there. Um, so I'm gonna go with four teams from this division making the playoffs. I'm going with obviously Miami winning the division outright. They're the best team, one of the best teams in the league. Um, they might. Oh wait, no, nah, never mind. I forgot about Brooklyn. They're not getting out of the, the, the East, but it's okay. But we're gonna go Miami. <laughs> we go Miami. We're gonna go with the Wizards getting in. We're gonna go with Charlotte getting in. Um. And, of course, Atlanta. Of course, Atlanta. So, I think they're all going to get in the playoffs. I think the important thing to remember is that they expanded the playoff brackets to 10 teams for to get in this year instead of eight, the usual eight. So, I think that it's going to get those four teams in um, as well. So, yeah, no, I like Miami a lot. Obviously, they've pretty much plateaued. They are what they are last year, right? They're a great team, great defensive team. They re-signed Bam, gave them the bag, deservedly so. Um, Tyler Hero's a year older. I think he's going to be much better. I think he's really, really good. All jokes aside, they could get out the East, but um, super, super talented team. And then you got Atlanta. Um, they got Clint Capella, which is overlooked. Um, I think you might, one of us might have mentioned it. Um, and then mm-hmm. they also got the, the draft pick from USC on Yeka. Uh, I like him a lot. Super talented. And then I love what they did with the backcourt, getting Rondo and Chris Dunn to kind of offset Trey Young, who plays no defense. You go get two guys who play defense. So it, it's genius. I like them a lot. And then Bogdan, who plays no defense. But um, you still got guys on that team. You still got guys on the team. You got rim protectors. You can shoot. You know, he plays a role. You got Gallo. They're going to be a really good team. Um, I like them a lot. And then – or a good team. Better than what – you better than the usual stink Atlanta's used to. So good for them. They'll be good. <laughs> and then you'll get uh, the Wizards. I think they're going to get in too. They got shooters around Russ. Um, last year you didn't have – um, John Wall there, so they were really, really bad. They their their draft pick Roy Achimura is a year older. I like him a lot too. Talented, reminds me of Kawhi. So 
Watch out for that. I like him a lot. Uh, uh, Reminds me of Kawhi. <laughs> since, since similar, like the, the it, it, just just wait because Kawhi wasn't always Kawhi. Let's let's just let's just remember, let's remember that. So just wait. Uh, uh, let it age. Let us let it age. In fact, save that. Save that for this for the podcast for the Benchwall fam. Just save that. Uh, I'm yes. on. I'm on to uh, to sit in these these save, predictions I make. Save <laughs> save that for I wish I didn't say that. <laughs> say okay, y'all talking crazy. Save it. Crazy <laughs> cold so- take. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot take. That's a hot take. I'm not saying gonna be Kawhi, but you remind me of Kawhi. But um, yeah, I like them a lot. They're I think they're gonna be a good team. They're gonna space the floor for Russ. They're gonna space the floor for Beal. It'll work for a year. It'll work for a quarter of the year. They'll get into the playoffs and um get bounced in the first second round. We'll figure you know, it out. you know, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta too. They have um they have Cam Reddish and um the the, the white boy Kevin Hurt. It's funny how I didn't even mention yeah. either one of them. I think Cam's gonna take a big jump this year too. That's what I'm saying. Team, shout out to Duke. Team. Shout out to Duke, by the way, Cam Reddish. But go ahead. Shout out to shout out to Atlanta, man. They, 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 I love it. They're, they're gonna be a better team, and and they, they deserve to see it turn around a little bit after you know those after LeBron dismantled their their so their, their team a couple years ago in the playoffs. That's um, not fair. LeBron dismantles everybody. Dismantled them too, and twice. But we're not gonna talk about it. Atlanta fans, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to kill y'all today. And then. We got the Hornets. I like the Hornets a lot. I like the, the nucleus they have. The Gordon Hayward signing, and it, Miles is right. Ridiculous. Like, you throw that kind of money at Gordon Hayward, that's crazy. Coming off all the injuries, doesn't make any sense. Very lucky man. Uh, great agent. But you, <laughs> but you, you're able to get that young nucleus. You got T- Devontae Graham, who stepped on the scene. He's a gr- I like him a lot. Can really play. You got Melo, who... Should be an instant plug and play starter. Terrell's here. They gotta they gotta trade him. It's gonna get a little volatile over there if they don't trade him. It's gonna be a problem. Um, but I like PJ Washington a lot. Like, yo, um, he's a problem. He's a pro and so underrated. So underrated. I oh, love yeah. PJ Washington. Um, I love their team a lot. I love the construction of their team. They got Bismarck Bianco down there, man, the man in the middle. Um, and Cody Zeller too. Cody Zeller just doing the dirty work, right? Like they're gonna have a fun team. They're gonna run up and down. I like Miles Bridges. Um, I expect them to take a leap forward this year too. The Hornets are gonna be fun to watch. They're gonna be fun to watch in the way that the Nets were fun to watch before they became like the Nets. Like they, they had low and those guys. They do, do. They do have too many guards. Though. I realize they have Malik Monk too. Mm-hmm. And, and right, right. And like yeah. So they, but but they'll Crazy get something for they'll get something for Rozier that that they need when they figure out what they need as as they go. I think Malik Monk lost his spot, but he he's 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 been a bust so far anyway. So it, it's true, and so he has no real value. So he's probably sticking around. But you can you can probably flip. Uh, a trip, Terry Rozier, like you said, for some for, for an asset, like maybe you get another center because they're a little thin there. Um, he, he, tried to, he tried to hold on to his number too, uh, uh, number one. And, and, and I think Jordan was like, Bro, you, okay, you're <laughs> something told me not gonna have to worry about that too much longer, but we'll figure oh, yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Yo, he's talented, man. Like, I don't like talking about him like yeah. that. He is very talented, he just hasn't clicked yet. Um, young team, but they're gonna be fun. So, I think four, four teams get in. Uh, Miami's obviously number one, Atlanta's number two, which is number three. Um, wow, what is number three? All right, no way. Let's flip let's, oh, no let's let's it. I, yeah. <laughs> let's flip it. We'll figure it out. But yo, regardless, we, four teams getting in. Can we just agree? Can we just agree? Orlando's coming in last. We all agree. Miami's first, Orlando's last. That's something that we all that's agree. That's how we know on. for sure. Uh, Orlando. Who, who, right, give, me the, give me the name to all the teams in the division again. I just want to hear one more time Miami, Miami, Magic, Hornets, Wizards, Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Miami exactly. finishing first. Yeah. yeah. Orlando finishing last. Um, I think you're gonna have to look at uh, 
Yeah. Orlando might have to make some changes. We're players to watch in that division specifically. We're going to see how Jimmy Butler does this year, of course. Uh, Gordon Hayward in the new situation. Russell Westbrook, Bradley Bill, and specifically in Orlando. If Aaron Gordon does not make any improvements, we might be seeing Aaron Gordon out on the outs. And Orlando. Aaron Gordon, oh, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. He's out of there. Been in China for two years. Yeah, you got two big rookies in that division. You got Cole Anthony and you got uh, LaMelo. So that should be some fun matches that they're going to see a uh, couple times a year. And basically for the next couple years, they're going to be going at it with each other. Transitioning, we have uh, – so far in the college season, it's only a week or two weeks old, but it's been a lot of blowouts in both women's and men's basketball. What was some of the, in your opinion, what was the, the biggest blowouts that you've seen so far? Like we got Stanford winning, we got Xavier winning 101 to 49, Murray State won a game 173 to 95. What can has we, been some of these? Can we just talk about the South Carolina? Yeah. Can we just talk about the South Carolina but that's uh, not a annihilation? Because in well, for, women's basketball, they, they blow out teams. Like, it's really only a four- or five-team race in college basketball for women. So, yeah. Yeah, but nah, – I mean, they scored seven I, points. I know. I, well, no, no, no. They didn't score. No, it wasn't seven. I think – I saw – when I was actually watching the highlights, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, they were really about to show this on TV. But, no, it was – um they actually scored 38. So, you know, I don't know who, who uh, convinced Bleacher Report that that was real, but – Somebody did something, and and that that wasn't real. The seven point wasn't real. First of all, if you ever, I don't care where you, what league you're in, you need to be eliminated for good. So you can't, you can't, you can't lose 119 to seven. So that didn't happen. Luckily, I mean, I mean they they did lose by like 78, but at least you know you can, you know, say you did you scored uh, double digit points. So the thing is, first of all, I know there's blowouts like that. I'm just a little bit more surprised. Like you see. I know there was a crazy thing in, in the men's. Um, somebody dropped 172. Mm. I'm 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 just Murray State. I, yeah, so so I will say, I will say that's worse because as men, that's not that's not that can't happen. You know, like you know how how big of a gap is there really to lose by them that many points? And and I don't even care about like how much the other team scored. You let somebody score 100. It's not an all star game. Like who's on that team? You know, like there was no, there's no NBA players on that team. You know, so at what point was the coach going to be like, okay, you know what, um, we're just gonna, I mean, I don't know, you know, I just that can't happen. That coach needs to get fired. I, I, I you know, and if I'm the coach that was on that team that scored 172 points, you know, some people might be like, oh, you was running up the score and stuff like that, but you got to play. You know, I mean, you're not gonna hold the ball for 15 minutes. Um, the other coach definitely got to get fired um, and never get hired again for allowing that. Um, and, you know, like I said, the, and then as far as the, the women's thing, I was surprised. I mean, I know there's blowouts, but that wasn't the number one team in the country. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I just think that was uh, – I think that was just wrong that whoever did that edit. That, that's the real thing. That, that seven-point thing was bad. It wasn't real, but it was bad. Speaking of that, that, Murray, that Murray State game, the thing that was interesting with that, you can complain, you can say what you want, but the coach played his whole roster and everybody had at least a 15-piece. <laughs> so, yo, that's hilarious. I'm, yo, I'm sorry. I'm, I played the red shirt. I played the red shirt. I played a kid that's not supposed to play all season. I played oh the manager and everybody got a 15-piece. 
Oh what do God. you think? Like we're seeing them so often too, so far in the season. It's an early season, but do you think with you know all the different COVID protocols and them not being able to practice as much, do you think that's factoring into seeing some of these terrible lopsided games that we've seen so far early in the season? That's the logical explanation. That's the logical explanation when you think about it, because it, it can't be anything else. One, you let up 172 to a team, they will score 200 points. Like, I'll be doing that in 2K on rookie. Like, that is wild. So, like, yeah, I, I think it's not it's, – it's inexcusable. You could lose your job for that, like, in a normal year. If it wasn't a pandemic and it wasn't going to be hard to find another coach. Um, and I'm sure they could have their interim step up. But, like, that is – that is wild. I, that As you guys were talking and we talked about the South Carolina, when he said they scored 38, um, for the women's game, uh, I took took the sting out of it a little bit for me. You know, I was if it was seven, it was funnier when they had seven points. I had thirty eight. Right, that's that's okay. Like, but I because everyone knows the gap in women's basketball is bigger. Like Miles was saying, it just is uh, between the top seeds and then the lower seed teams. Um, but shout out to women's basketball; they could hoop though. But um, for the Murray State game, inexcusable one seventy two. Like that's. That's crazy. It's video game numbers. Everybody had a 15 piece. They had the kid who was there to raise the GPA up. He got 15 on you. That's wild. So, yeah, that's the worst one of the weekend. And, and I, that being said, I don't, I don't want this to overshadow the good college basketball we've seen, man. I, I don't know if y'all seen Cade Cunningham and any of his highlights over at Oklahoma State. Number one pick, special player. Special player, guys. In fact, yeah, yo, I Nick starts. Be- Nick- <laughs> now, Next is not getting him. They, they can't even lose right. They can't even get the number one pick. So let's just, let's just yo, yo, we said at the same time. <laughs> yo, Knicks, yo, Knicks. Kay Cunningham is the savior. Yo, you messed it up with my little ball. Y'all didn't lose the right way. I get it. You know well, here, here we are. I'm out. Cade. I'm out. I'm <laughs> done with y'all. I'm tired of this. <laughs> Go get Cade. Kay Cunningham 2021. 20, He's your guy going to save the franchise. I promise. Get Cade. Why you gotta ruin that man's career? Don't do that. Kate is gonna go there and hoop and ball out. Bro, he's Kid Kate into a contender. We yeah. gotta see, have you seen his tape? He's a pro. Yeah, no, but he doesn't. But you, but his career is over if he goes to the Knicks. It's over. I, I wanted Melo in, in New York so bad. I think he would have thrived in the Garden. It would have been perfect. And I'm I'm a Nets fan. I, the Knicks aren't mix. Me and the Knicks don't don't mix, but. Um, I, I, for real, I would have loved the excitement in the city if they got mellow. Cade is a reserve personality. So you got to worry about that a little bit, him dealing with the, the flashy lights and the, the reporters and everybody talking crazy. But I, I, oh, listen, they need a point guard. They haven't had a point guard since who lost Jason Kidd? Old Jason Kidd. Oh man, they guard? got, they got, they got yeah, Frank Raymond the Tank. Raymond, Raymond Felton. They, the <laughs> they got Frank <laughs> the Tank. That was Yo. the last great point guard. Hey man, listen, I yo, I for real, bro. Like respect to all the Knicks fans listening to the podcast, because for me, like that's a different type of loyalty for real. Like that's wild. You're talking about Felton? That's abuse. That's not loyalty. That's abuse. Yeah. No, that's no, loyalty. no. That's, what topic that's, is this? I thought we were talking a, about the blowouts. You know how we get into the yeah. You know what? You know what? He's right. We shouldn't be talking about them because we're talking about relevant stuff. Let's go. Move on. Relevant. <laughs> Yo, what are we doing in the Atlantic Division? Gonna be like, <laughs> what are we doing in the Atlantic Division? <laughs> Yo, did the Knicks get demoted yet to the G, G League or no? <laughs> yo, yo, when are we doing the Atlantic Division? When are we breaking them down? 
Yeah, let's I go got be that next. We could do that next. That's gonna be fun. I got money on Gonzaga beating the Knicks team right now. Oh, he talking hey. crazy. Jalen Suggs is a prop too, being, by the way. Y'all being disrespectful. Jalen hey, <laughs> Suggs is another guy. He's another guy. Yo, for real, man. Start, start. A Knicks fan, start surveying the college sca- landscape now, man. Jalen Suggs. Kate yeah, just skip him. the season. Don't even watch the season. It's you know, like it top picks. Jalen Suggs is a top five guy. Like I, I look, I ain't see it coming. Start surveying the college landscape. Start looking for your next point guard because Frank the tank. Well, no, you know what it is, though. <laughs> they, they, they they like to look international, so they gotta watch like the the, the, yeah, the Olympics yeah. and stuff. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Hey, it'll work out though, because Cade Cunningham, you talking about Jalen Suggs. By that time, they'll be able to have fans to come watch them. So, I think I that'll be I must that'll be a different docket to me because I didn't I didn't see that. <laughs> well, no, he didn't. No, you know. Well, he he mentioned we were talking about blowouts, and I think just naturally we just think of the Knicks you know, every game. So that's what we we haven't played in like eight months. <laughs> Yo, respect respectfully to all my Knicks fans. Respectfully, I was really I was really trying to just like survey the landscape, trying to get y'all a point guard because this is ridiculous. This is, this, this is you see that's the, that's the job's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yo, I'm coming. Look, honestly, like this is ridiculous. They have no point guard on the roster. Dennis Smith Jr. is a shell of himself, and hopefully, he can figure it out. I like him a lot. Really athletic. Can, can he shoot the ball? Well, well, hopefully, he figures that part out of his game. But mm. like, for real, y'all need a point guard in the worst way. Mellow was a, that mellow miss was monumental, man. Watch for he gonna turn. He gonna turn Charlotte up. And yeah, if hey, I was the next, I would trade it off, man. I don't know. Hey, if we need the right to um anyway. So no, no, no. We need to get a sponsorship. Yeah, we need to get a sponsorship from Talkspace because Talkspace is where you're able to, you know, through your phone, you're able to talk to a therapist. Because after this session, this episode, Miles is probably <laughs> Talkspace. Keep going with this. Yo, Miles, yo. yo, Miles, Yankees fan, it, it bounces out. He's used to a lot of That's winning. Well, at, listen, least, Miles, at least you see, at least you see it. Yeah, he's, he's, Miles, it bounces after, out. After this, uh, this session, just make sure you just text us. Make sure you're okay after this. Girls <laughs> <laughs> like don't this. balance out. It don't balance out. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because Yankees haven't won since. What's the ball? Jets. Oh, oh. Yo, we got Lawrence, crazy. Bro. You're getting Trevor Lawrence. Yo. No, 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 no. That's, cra- that's crazy, Miles. Wow. He ruined no you- order, too. He should be on. a Giants fan. Wait, do you do you remember how it feels to win something? I do. I do. I've seen winning in my lifetime. I've got a couple know. championships on, under my belt Yankees, from these teams. You know, as a Yankee fan myself, I think it's, a little bit, it's been a little too long for that, too. So, I don't know, man. It's been a decade, actually, for you, uh, at least. Yes. We gotta get that all for all my Mets fans listeners. We gotta get that stank off us too. You know, Steve Carter. Oh, yeah, yeah. He rolled okay. up the pranks truck. Just be careful. Okay. We roll the free agency about to be crazy. Stay tuned, okay. man. Mets, Stay Mets, tuned. George Mets Springer. Are, Mets are the Mets 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 Move on. <laughs> He's right. He's right. <laughs> Transitioning. One of the upsets we've seen so far in college basketball, one of the big ones. San Francisco University upset number four, Virginia, 61-60. Um Seeing this upset got us kind of thinking. Uh, we're gonna do a draft, uh, which I think is going to be our thing on every episode or every episode of every other episode. We're gonna draft some of the greatest upsets in sports history. So we're gonna start off with Miles since he just went through uh 
a lot of pain just there. So Miles, Ja, Greg, and rotate back around. We're going to get three picks. So, Miles, who's your number one overall pick, greatest upset in sports history? I'm going to have to go. Suspenseful first pick of all time. See, see, that's our next stuff, man. Right right there. So, this is the greatest upset, honestly. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you got you. We hear you. Yeah, that was weird. But yeah, the Jets against the Colts. This was like, what, 50 years ago, 60 years ago? The last time we won a championship. That was the greatest upset to me because the Colts were looked at kind of in the same way that the Patriots were looked at. This dominant team that can't really be beaten. And here comes Joe Namath, Joe Willie, who guaranteed that we were going to win. And nobody had us winning that game, but hey. Wait, wait a second. That's the last time. That's the only time the Jets won, right? That's the greatest upset. The last time we won oh is the greatest God. upset. I'm I'm dropping a bomb here. My man went half a century on us. Okay. Jeez. Um. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit outside the box. Um. I'm gonna say the biggest upset of all time was, um, Mike Tyson losing to Buster Douglas. You know. I think that first of all, Mike Tyson was just the the greatest at the time, and he he had no business losing that fight. And by the way, he he actually didn't lose the fight. That 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 referee counted to like seventeen um, when uh, he knocked down Douglas. So he didn't even lose that fight, even though he really did. Um, and yeah, but he had no business um, losing that fight. Buster Douglas was not in his um, class at all. But you know, they just. You know, they flew him to Japan. They, they, he didn't train. He just, he didn't take it seriously. Um, but, and like I said, he, that, that shocked the world. So I think like out of just things that you just didn't see coming, you know, you know, you know, even though boxing, all it takes is one punch. I think that out of all the things I've ever seen, well, I mean, I didn't see that live, but just to just know, you know, that was just, it's just crazy because that just, I don't even think Buster Douglas believed he won that fight after they, they announced it, you know, so. That's for my pick. Who you got for your number one pick, Greg? Man, I gotta stay true to the to the New York roots, man. The 07 New York football giants upsetting the undefeated Patriots. Listen, bro, like that's that's that was wild. Like that's that's significant. Like for real, like you had MVP Randy Moss, MVPs level Tom Brady on that team, and you go in there and you beat them. With Eli, unbelievable. Yo, Eli, you can't. I, I, you guys can't talk bad to me about Eli Manning after that. So, yeah, no, that's that's the craziest upset I've ever I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, Yo, I I knew you were going to pick that. I was hoping somebody would pick it before you. <laughs> I got something. Yo, I got. Wait till my next pick. I don't think anyone's gonna pick it. My next pick. So go ahead. <laughs> go. I got 1991 Duke beating that UNLV team. Um, that's my biggest upset that I'm going to start off with my number one pick. Uh, We're going to go back around to Miles. Uh, my second pick, probably that Nova beating Georgetown in the 80s. That was huge. Just because Georgetown was this huge powerhouse, had all these uh-huh. NBA players on that team. And the only way they were going to be beaten is if Nova didn't miss any shots. And 
I think they shot like 60 something percent. So mission complete. <laughs> they they did what they came to do. And surprisingly, that team with like Patrick Ewing, a couple other NBA players, they only won one championship out of that that whole run, which if you think about it, that's that's a letdown with all those guys that ended up being pretty good in the league too. I don't know anybody who came from that Villanova team, but that's a story I'll tell to the day I die is that I beat the legendary Georgetown teams of the 80s. So that's my second pick. Um, so, you know, I, I was kind of going back and forth. I mean, you could go either way with my second pick, but I'm going to probably go with uh, that UMBC team, the 16th seed, that'd be Virginia. Yeah. You know, that, look, you see upsets all the time. All you know, one game, March Madison, so it makes it that beautiful thing that everybody lo- like, like loves to watch. But for many times, we've seen 15 seeds beating two, and you know, 14 and three, and 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 beyond. That 16 and one just thought that we just thought that it was never going to happen. You know, and that Virginia team was, you know, just dominant team. Even though they were like a defensive team and they were just, you know, boring. You know, they just they just they got the job done. And to lose to a team that looked like they was throwing out JV league players, you know, it was just, and I'm like pretty sure they lost by like 20 points that game too. Like it wasn't even close. So now, not only did you get upset, but you got destroyed, you know? So, for, you know, I mean, they ended up winning the next year. I guess they redeemed themselves, but that's always like, I, you'll never, I mean, they could have won three in a row. Like they'll always know that they lost that game. Um, and that's something like, I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. Cause Usually that one seed is just above everybody else. Um, so just seeing that live in person, I you know, that's just it was just crazy. Like I, I thought I was never gonna see that. So let's hit let's hear this number two pick, Greg. Oh man, a drummer will be fitting for this one. I'm going with the twenty sixteen Cleveland Cavs coming back down three one. Beating the 70, what, 73-win Warriors team? Yep, 73-9. Yo, bro, listen, I, that was a day Bron hit GOAT status. That was it. Significant day. We're gonna tell, I'm going to tell my kids about it. I don't know about y'all, but that's going to be a – that's a huge thing. So, yeah, I'm going with that as my second. Um, It was almost my first. Uh, I, 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 that. I love I love my next pick. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, y'all said three, so I'm going to try to get around, but I like that one. Um. Can't nobody disagree with that one. That that goes down in history forever, like forever. Mine, that year that the Kumbay Matumbo in 1994, the number eight seed was able to beat the number one seed Seattle Supersonics after being down 0-2. We had the most famous time where he did the no, 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 no after the block <laughs> that really helped it go worldwide. So I think that was one of the biggest episodes which from what we could look even now in history, we don't see that many number eight seeds beating a number one seed. So, so we could, uh, I definitely put that up there. And we're going to actually go back around with Greg. So you get that one in. So we go Greg, John Miles. Wow. Snake right. style. Cool. He did snake style. So my next pick is the eight seed, we believe Warriors upsetting the number one seed. Mavericks Baron Davis made his legend in that series. The dunk when he banged on who do you bang on like that? Andre Andre Carlinko. My God, yo, crazy, (laughs) crazy, crazy. I, I, that's that's my um, I think he retired after that. Carlinko, after that, (laughs) (laughs) 
Was it the Jazz? They beat number one. Was Jazz number one that year? Or was it? Was it? Uh, was yeah, it Dallas? It was, it was no, the Jazz. It was Jazz. It was the Jazz. Yeah, yeah. It was yep. the he he pulled up the shirt and he showed that he had the waist trainer on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how he got off the ground like that for real. I think it was like he was eating mad Big Macs for the game. Crazy, crazy dude, man. But look, that's my uh, that's my last pick. Uh, I, I I'll never forget that series. Although I did forget the team, so funny enough. <laughs> so you know, this one pains me because because you took my 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 pick with the Cavs, but this one hurts just because it happened to the the team I like. Um, you know, the Yankees up three zero against Boston. Uh, why are we gonna talk about this? I, you know, I man, it, honestly, you know. You know, I didn't want to talk about it anymore, but it was just it's self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The three old lead. I'm just gonna move on from that. I got, I'm about to cry. Oh, <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. I got I gotta collect myself. He's bringing back <laughs> memories from my childhood that just I don't wanna yeah, relive. <laughs> but stone gray now. Um my third pick would be that Michigan versus Appalachian State from like what mm. 10 years ago, that football mm. game where these teams, they like to throw these cupcake games to get started, warm-up games, thinking that, all right, we'll run over them. We'll run every part of our offense, and it's not going to be close. But this game, for some reason, they couldn't couldn't stop them. They just – it was a competitive game, and it came down to the last kick for Michigan to win. And all you remember is the block kick and the guy running, running back. And he, I think he got tackled, but still, the, the way that game ended – I don't know if I was show, I would have shown my face in Michigan for for too long after that because that's embarrassing. Appalachian State, I'd never even heard of them football wise before that. Yeah, you know what's crazy, real quick. Um, first of all, you know that they pay these they pay these schools mm-hmm. to to come get lose by fifty. So when you pay somebody five hundred grand and lose to them, I gotta hurt more. And it was at home. I think it was Brady. Pretty hope there was a coach there. He, he probably got fired that season, but oh my god! I mean, they probably took that check and was out of there. Yeah, that was that was a tough game. That was a tough game for anybody. I that would drop a team out of the the top twenty five for me because you this is a cupcake team. You assumed you didn't assume that they were going to be some top twenty five team. You're, you're scheduling, but here they go beating you, and the rest is history. Honestly. And that's what everything bench mob stands for. Stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. And Appalachian State was ready. My last <laughs> pick is going to be. It hurts. It, uh, I'm not going to talk about it too much because uh, if this didn't happen, I think we're having a different discussion when we talk about the greats of all time. But that Detroit Pistons team that beat the Lakers, that by all accounts was not predicted um i know i was going to school lit lakers getting another one i'm wearing lakers gary day got the hat on and then yeah i went quiet after that so <laughs> yeah, that, that was a uh, four pistons that was all right? four right yeah team billups prince she was supposed to get kobe was supposed to get one more man he was supposed to get that one but it didn't work out um transitioning something that did not work out the Steelers Ravens game it was abysmal to watch it was hard to watch obviously we had a lot of issues with COVID the game was supposed to be on Thanksgiving 
which that messed up a lot of people's Thanksgiving because it was a lot of trash on Thanksgiving. Everybody was looking forward to see that game, and that game didn't happen. They had it on a Wednesday, a Wednesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I should let you know how important still that the lighting of the tree is that it trumps the NFL, that they had to move it up to 3 o'clock so the tree lighting could still happen. What were some of y'all takeaways from this game? Um, big question with this. Steelers win the game. They end up, you know, staying undefeated. Who is really the second best team in the AFC? Because I think we could say after this, this can't be Pittsburgh. Why not? I think they, they still are the second best team. I think Kansas City is better than them, honestly. And it's not a close debate. I think the defense for Pittsburgh is pretty good. It's really good. But I just haven't seen the Chiefs really get stopped like that. Like they ran through the Ravens and Pittsburgh struggled with them on, what was it, Wednesday afternoon. So I just don't see how the Steelers could be the best team even though they're undefeated. But if you look at their schedule, they have they played some cupcake teams as well. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm rocking with the, the Chiefs until somebody knocks them off. I got a hot take. So I think Pittsburgh is the yeah, fourth. Yeah, of course. Team. I'm saying the Steelers ain't the second team. Oh, they're not the second team. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they're not the second team. That's what I'm, I'm trying to figure I, out. Who are we calling as the second best team? Because I think it's safe to say. It's not Pittsburgh. Yeah, so I got a hot take. I think, first of all, um, obviously the Chiefs is number one. Um, I think I think Tennessee is number two. Um, and to be honest with you, I think Buffalo is number three. So this is that thing, right? So Pittsburgh, everybody talks about this defense, right? So you just struggled against a third-string quarterback, and then – oh, I'm sorry. You struggled against a second-string quarterback, uh, who hasn't been relevant in about seven years. And then when he got hurt, you let this the guy from Penn State, uh, I forgot his name, you know, uh, McSorley, I think, yeah. you know, like he let him get that 70-yard touchdown off. Like I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, who does, what does Pittsburgh do that scares anybody? Like they got a good defense but and everything. But, okay, so when you got Tennessee, Tannehill is playing great. They, uh, they got those two beast receivers, A.J. Brown, and Corey Davis, um, they got the dark horse MVP, Derrick Henry. You know, like that team is not somebody you want to play, like uh, clearly. Um, and then you got Buffalo, like people are acting like they're not eight and three. And they got, you know, Josh Allen, um, Diggs, and uh, Tredavious Way on defense. So I think Pittsburgh, honestly, might be the worst 11 0 team I've ever seen. I mean, it's not even – they're not – this is just ugly to watch. It's not even like – it's not even like the ugly kind where, oh, you know, you can respect them because they got a good defense. Like, they, they just struggle against – and I don't want to hear that division crap because – stop. So, yeah, I think they're the fourth best team. They'll be lucky if they win a game. Um, I really hope they don't get that first seed because they don't they don't really deserve it. They, they haven't beat nobody. So, they got like one good win in that 11 games. Um, so, we'll see. But – yeah, they're not even top three. Our followers have voted. They said 60% believe that the Steelers will not finish the season undefeated. I would have to agree with that um, viewpoint. As you just said, and as you have said, Miles, ain't no way the Steelers 
look anywhere near a threat to anybody. Um, it's the Chiefs to die, and then you got everybody else. Chiefs against the field. Buffalo, as Greg said last episode, Buffalo and Tennessee, specifically Tennessee, if Tennessee can run that ball and keep Pat Mahomes off the field, that's the best chances of not seeing Pat Mahomes back in the Super Bowl. But even then, Pat Mahomes, all he needs is literally like 10 seconds, and he's going to go get a a score. So it's kind of hard to deal with. I, I need to jump in and say here for the bench mob uh, family that I do not co-sign the message about the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. I don't trust them. Stay away from them. Don't bet on them. And you want to know why? Because Josh Allen, Josh Allen is the equivalent to Giannis. Josh Allen is like the guy who get in the playoffs and he just folds up. And you know why? Because he's not accurate because he can't. He's not accurate. That's why I don't believe in him. I like the fact that they got the Stephon Diggs. He's Stephon Diggs creates so much separation. I would hope you could hit him. Like, I think he's got a great arm, but he's overrated. Like, I'm not a Josh Allen guy at all. I'm going if my, I'm doing my top three Chiefs. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Tennessee, of course. Second, I I, I talked about him last show. I love Tennessee. Um, and then I'll I'll go with the Steelers third because. Come on now. <laughs> like, we can't be doing this. is crazy. I'm going to go with the Steelers third. I, I, I like, I, I look, they, I told that their problem is they don't run the ball. If you watched them yesterday, that yesterday, they don't run the ball at all. Like they throw, they, they, they were going, they were throwing on third and two and that's fine. It's the NFL. You space people spacing things out, but they just, they're too reliant on their passing game. And Ben is aging and he's not the same quarterback. And, I just think a team with a great defensive secondary can take that away. And also they'll score too quickly to beat a team like the chiefs. They just score too fast. The, the Tennessee Titans will wear you out with Derrick Henry and they have a shot realistically keeping, uh, keeping Pat on the sideline as long as possible. But yeah, the bills don't buy their stock. It's, it's cute or whatever. Let's pump the brakes on Josh Allen. Pump the brakes, please. That's hey. pump it. on the brakes. Hey. <laughs> I just said look, they were the third best team. I just think they're better than Pittsburgh. That's what I said. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, I want to see. I want to see that matchup in the playoffs. I don't. I don't believe in Josh Allen, bro. He's bro. That They're man. I don't. Weeks. It, right? Oh, is, is they playing a couple weeks? Mm-hmm. Oh, for real? Okay. Ooh, look. Are we gonna see? Yes. Are we gonna see when they? Oh, yeah. Are we gonna see because I, <laughs> I, listen, yo, Josh Allen's worst trait is accuracy. Mm-hmm. That's true. Hot take. Hot take for all the but. Daniel Jones will be better than Josh Allen when this is all said and done. Okay, Give it done. a year's I'm time. I'm done Daniel here. Jones. Yo, it's been, yo save been the tape. Save the tape. Yo, by the end of next season, Daniel Jones will be better, will be viewed as a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Hot take. You know, that- real quick, real quick before we wrap this up, how is that even possible if they're going to be, if, if the Giants are looking for another quarterback by the end of next year? See, right. people are talking crazy. Daniel Jones is playing great football. Like, now, what? Hot, what he's playing you great football. He's playing great football. He's been he's playing great football the last three weeks. No turnovers. He's done a Yo, great job. He's making high-level throws. You know what? Real quick, I realized that people have different expectations slash definitions of greatness. You know, I feel like if you turn the ball over two times, no. it's not that good. No. So I feel like that's not true. Um, I feel like, you know, no. he's, he, I feel like talking about overrated, like he's accurate and stuff like that, but he's not as good as Giants fan would make him 
um, out to be. So hey, listen, I don't think Giants fans are calling to this yet. This is why it's a hot take. Giants fans don't actually realize what they have. I'm telling you, I'm a Dan Jones believer. I believed I've I have believed since I got over my depression after they picked him. I watched. I went back and watched this film from Duke, and I was like, wait, this dude's deadly accurate. He's fast. Let's just. I'm gonna give him a chance. Turnovers are an issue. Hey. He's not turning the ball over. He's going to be better than Josh Allen by the end of next year. Hey, save the tape. That's all I got to say, bro. I'll stand on anything. I'll no, don't, anything. Even waste, don't, even, don't even waste any tape on that. Save the a tape. Whole it's highlight going. tape for <laughs> No, well, yeah. I had two hot takes in this thing. Say the tape. <laughs> and we're going to say the tape on that one. Um, something that we didn't get to on this episode, which I do want a hot take and want to talk to y'all about, is next episode, we'll touch on it. Does Lamar Jackson, does he get fired? Do we try to find a different fit than him in Baltimore? But that's that's next episode. Because you know you got like Dak Prescott that's going to be out there. Maybe Dak Prescott's a better fit. Hey, we'll see. We'll talk about that. And just end that we'll talk about it next episode. Yeah. Oh, that's a cliffhanger right there. That's a cliffhanger. That's a good one. We'll talk about it next episode. But y'all already know the vibes. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Follow us, subscribe, share it with your uncle, your auntie, your baby moms, all of them, even if y'all not talking. Bench mob probably bring y'all together. You know, it's a lot of good content on here that'll bring y'all back. Peace, you know, do it for the kids. You're, but bench mob, we out. Peace. 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 <laughs>